Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. Hope you had a nice, relaxing bye week. A lot of exciting things happened this past weekend, a lot of things altering the playoff trajectory of these Buffalo Bills who are still alive, now coming off a rest. So you're saying there's a chance. There remains a chance. We're headed to Toronto to face off against the struggling Atlanta Falcons. I'm Lars. Joining me here tonight, the president of the Chicago Bills backers, Sujit, is here. I'm not going to lie, I missed you guys. Yeah, we missed you too. And uh, to his immediate left, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is also with us. You can call me Godmother. Just attended my uh, nephew's baptism this past weekend. Are, are you his? Is he your nephew or is he your godson? Or both. Both. Oh, all right. Uh, my okay, good. My my goddaughter resides in Buffalo, and uh, joining us here is uh, as always Billy the Kid Nichols is here too. Hey y'all bees, hi to y'all bees. I'm my bad from Milwaukee. Just chilling my sandwich, bunch my wine um, was that your, was that your Leotis McElvin impression? Is that I don't know what it was. Join us uh, here on the podcast every week. Download it on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Tell all your friends. Billsandbeers.com. Best way to reach us. Whew. It's been a tough week being off from football, having to watch other teams play, but we are that much more excited to watch the team play in Toronto this Sunday. So let's talk about what we have to look forward to here coming up against these Atlanta Falcons. So headed up north for the dreaded Toronto game. Um, Bills Nation is, however, pretty high right now on our team after the Jets game two weeks ago. Everybody's feeling really good. Uh, Obviously, with some of the games this past weekend, playoff implications are still very much in the mix. And this Falcons team is probably the worst Falcons team in close to a decade. So a lot of things playing in our favor this week. So we'll start with you, Suge. You tell me what you're looking to see from this refreshed Buffalo Bills team against this faltering Atlanta Falcons team. I am looking for our secondary to have some uh, some springier legs. And the way I mean that is I know that two weeks ago we were leading the league in, in, in interceptions, but I think that the most important thing here is that, you know, when we've blitzed, we've done very well. But there's also been times that we've gotten torched downfield. Uh, now, some of that is helped by the fact that we let go of Jerry's Bird a little while ago. Or, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Justin Rogers a little while ago. Um, a but has been during the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has been. <laughs> a lot has been. So, um, but uh, I'm actually looking for more picks. I think that our, our, our blitzing defense is going to be has been disrupting quarterbacks on a regular basis, and I think that our ball hawks need to get hungrier. I um, I really like Mike Smith, actually, just to go out on a, on a personal note. I, I've met him before, and he's he is a, a wonderful uh, person and coach. Uh, before you guys leave tonight, make sure you don't trip over some of those names Cassie just dropped. Um, other things I'm looking forward to the Canadian fans in the stadium wearing Michael Vick jerseys, jerseys, (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers, some Chicago Bears, probably Detroit Lions. Um, definitely looking forward to that. Will Mayor Mayor Ford be there? Ooh, that's a really good question, actually. It's probably a big Bills fan. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) Have you seen him? Yeah. 
Uh, the Argonauts tried to make him not go to the their game, but they're they're trying. They're chasing the Grey Cup right now, and he was like, "No, no, no! I'm definitely going." He's a <laughs> huge Grey Cup fan. He always wears this jersey like in all his press conferences and everything. I love. <laughs> he should have showed up at the game with a silver like Grey <laughs> Cup, like a fake uh, miniature Grey Cup. Now, can you imagine if Rahm Emanuel showed up to Soldier Field hoisting a fake Lombardi <laughs> Trophy? It'd be uh, on the front page of all the papers. And for my third thing that I'm looking forward to for this weekend's game, um, just to see the team back out there, you know, see if we can we can keep the momentum me- momentum going, you know, that camaraderie, that like, yay, go boys! Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> way to uh, go! I'll be saying go boys. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, those are my three things. I didn't know we got three. Yeah, I didn't know we were doing three. Hey, good things come in threes, guys. Number one, CJ Spiller, healthy. Number two, Kyle Williams wearing dress shoes. (laughs) Number three, Jarris Bird still being Jarris Bird. Pick six for a touchdown. Oh, my gosh. And Bills and Beers has exploded all over Sujit's legs. <laughs> Emphasis on the beers. And my dog. Oh, my gosh. This is turning into a romper room, folks. Wow. Well, in the interim, while, um, while Sujit is, is uh, scrambling to get towels, I should actually point out where, the, where he might find those. That's good. First time with bottled beer. Here you go. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see what C.J. Spiller can do on the carpet uh, against what I believe, as I said last week, uh, will be a motivated offensive line. We'll have our receiving core back. Um, Yo, your dog is an alcoholic. <laughs> it's all right. She's looking up your mess. <laughs> your dog's like, oh, it tastes so good on my lips. It's a bat blue. <laughs> I think that means uh, Chris Betty is, Betty is the bat blue MVP of the week. But I want to start a conversation here. There's many things to look forward to. Um, uh, one, and obviously with the receiving core coming back, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing EJ Manuel and Robert Woods connect again. Uh, they obviously haven't played together since week five in Cleveland. So, um, Cassie, you were not even a married woman the last time they played against each played together. Forever ago. So I want to bring up something that I was talking about during the off season, and a couple of other people were. And I've been accused of having a grudge against this player. Bill, I know you feel the same way I do. But Stevie Johnson hasn't been able to stay on the field this year because of injury. But because players like Marquise Goodwin and Robert Woods are stepping up, he's slowly but surely getting phased out of our offense. Is it, is it fair to say that this team is headed in a Stevie Johnson-less direction? Is he not long for our roster? Or will there always be a spot for him in Buffalo? I guess I would say the only reason we would get rid of him is because of his big contract. He's obviously a good enough player to keep around. But is his contract going to warrant it moving forward? I think we owe him something like $7 million a year. Cass, what do you think? You know, I was the first one this season to say I am very anti-Stevie Johnson. But I feel like this season he really has stepped up. He hasn't done any of his stupid on-field antics, though when he catches the ball and he spins it sometimes, I know we're going to get a flag for that coming up yeah, real soon. Probably because the Patriots when it matters. Yes, exactly. But, um, you know, I think the next the next five games will be interesting um, to see what he does and, and to what he proves. And, and, and 
we I could see this team without him. Do we do we need him? Do we need a leader? You know, he's not really that leader that we're looking for. Um, he does give us that flair, but I like him, and I, I I wouldn't you know at the beginning of the season I would never have said that. So y'all better stop, okay? Oh, here we go. As soon as I walk out the room, y'all are cutting Stevie Johnson. <laughs> you have all lost your entire mind, okay? There's only one person in the last decade that's I been able so to torch regular top-level cornerbacks. Just because we haven't had a quarterback that actually get him the ball, this guy could be catching underneath passes. And who? where does he run? He runs over the middle. He's not Marquise Goodwin that just has to burn down the field or TJ Graham that just needs to burn down the field and beat someone straight up. He's someone that gets open. He wills himself to be open. Uh, I think it would be crazy to get now that we finally have a quarterback that can actually get the ball and throw a well-timed pass to Stevie Johnson, I think it would be absolutely asinine to uh, get rid of Stevie Johnson, especially when we don't have an amazing tight end to run those middle middle uh, range routes. Bill, I know you are not the biggest fan of Stevie Johnson. Uh, can this team survive without him? We can survive without him uh, if we put some uh if we get a good pick in the draft we go out and get a get a stud who's gonna go up and get, who's gonna go up and get the ball uh you know i don't have a what the hell's wrong with your dog dude <laughs> tripping so drunk uh you know i don't mind stevie right now like i feel like he's he's the kind of guy I feel like he was always fake with the media in previous years, but maybe he's just getting used to just saying the right thing, but he does like, say the right thing. But I guess I guess the question is, though, his contract is large enough, and uh, you know the prospect of having to pay Jarris Bird $9 million a year coming up, uh, and with other guys who are going to require extensions also coming up, one could make the argument that, he's not worth the money that we'd have to pay for the role that he is working himself into on this team. But I will say that it is a valuable role. Last week, Cass, you mentioned that this team has a lot of camaraderie and these guys get along. And I think that, I think that Stevie sort of uh, relishes in the role of being the big brother to all the young receivers. Um, Stevie being a former seventh rounder knows what it's like to kind of come through the ranks and work to make a name for yourself. So I think he's earned that respect, and I think that he likes being the mentor to the young guys. And I think the young guys like having him there as a mentor. Like you said, these guys get along. There doesn't seem to be a lot of egos. And you can't really say that a lot of, about a lot of wide receiving cores in the NFL. So I think that he has a great role in this team. I can't wait to see what him, Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin, and TJ Graham all do in Toronto on that carpet. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be totally surprised to see him finish out his career elsewhere, as much as it pains me to say that, because I think I would like to see him retire Bill, even though that I'm on record as being thoroughly pissed off by a lot of his dumb shit. I would also like to add, and we'll talk about this next week too, when the Niners were doing their thing two years ago, they had a uh, back-to-back East Coast trip wherein they stayed and like ran walkthroughs in the parking lot of the Holiday Inn or wherever they're staying. Do you guys think they'll stay in Florida between the Tampa and Jacksonville game? Because we be chilling at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> um, I, it, part of me says that would be a good thing. Part of me says it would be a bad thing. Because you get those guys down in that warm climate. They're oh, about to get loose and goosey. Frank, you know, burn something down. 
You know, and a lot of these guys have houses down there and family down there. I mean, part of the good thing is when they get to Buffalo and it's cold out, those guys don't want to leave their houses, you know? Like, they don't want to do something stupid. So... So you think they'll get in trouble? We's a tropical people. <laughs> yes, I, I think that they will do something stupid and get in trouble. Um, okay, so I see the opposite happening. I, I think that it's, it becomes like a mini camp and that they would be under team supervision for most of the time. And you were the one that gave your uh, 2013 MVP to the captains, so I would, I would think that any team outing would be a collective experience wherein the guys we've entrusted our team to, Eric Woods, Freddie Jackson, and Kyle Williams, would make sure that they stay in line. Lars, I am so impressed with how you remember what <laughs> I said last week so well. It's like it happened just less than an hour ago. <laughs> well, that being said, uh, we'll get in now to the wild card and prediction portion of today's episode. Um, I think we're all feeling, feeling pretty good about this matchup with the Falcons, uh, particularly since that they have nothing left to play for, and we got everything left to play for. Theoretically. <laughs> By the numbers. In the hunt. In the hunt. So our boys are headed up to our neighbors to the north uh, for the dreaded Toronto game, as we've mentioned already. Uh, Toronto making national and international news lately with the exploits of its former, well, still, I think he's still the sitting mayor, but soon to be. Oh, that's right. He won't, he won't abdicate. That's, they can't remove him. They, they, they took away some of his power. Right. But either way, Rob Ford, right? That's his name, Rob Ford. Uh, the current mayor of Toronto, uh, uh, and, and relative to our question about the fellow's trip to Florida could potentially be a bad influence on our team if if he gets access to them during their trip to Toronto. So my question to you for this week's wildcard portion wildcard! is uh, if, if Mayor Rob Ford could choose to smoke crack, um, solicit prostitutes, or get, as he says, really, 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 really drunk with one player on the Buffalo Bills. Who would be the perfect match for the Toronto mayor? Bill, we'll start with you for obvious reasons. I think I think I think CJ is the first one to turn, man. Like he's a, I feel like he's just tinkering on the edge. Like he's trying to be a good guy. He's trying to be a good sport. He's trying to say the right things in the media. He's trying not to get in fights with his teammates. But guess what? That boy, he's got some ghetto in him, man. He's got some ghetto in him, and he can't wait. To hug up Mayor Ford and go out and hunt down some prostitutes. My vote is going to go to a rookie this year. Mikel Roby? No, not Mikel Roby. No, no, no. A guy who has been caught with drugs. So he's got a prior record. Alex Harrington? Kiko Alonso. Oh, Kiko. Back, yeah, you know got, what? No, he got wasted and he beat up some dude. Parties. I thought he was marijuana. Because we'd be chilling at the Holiday Inn. Oh, no, you're talking Nigel Bradham got marijuana. Oh. Well, no, Kiko might have too, but no, Kiko got in trouble in college because he got so wasted, he went to somebody else's house thinking it was his and beat up the kid who was there. Really? So, yeah. Kiko's, Kiko's been... That sure sounds like the mayor, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think Kiko wins that. So, Kiko's been growing his hair out. You know, Which we know you're a big fan. Of. I know, you know, run, run my fingers through those locks. Uh, no, I, I feel like Kiko, you know, and, and the mayor are gonna suit it up together, go out and, and find some chicks, and just get really, really, really wasted. Oh my gosh! All right, so while we look over Kiko Alonso's um, arrest record, I am gonna go on record as to say 
that the person that will be the perfect match for our beloved uh, Toronto mayor, Mr. Ford, will have to be Doug Ligurski. <laughs> it's going to be an offensive lineman because the man looks like he was a former offensive lineman. So, you know, they got to kind of like look the part together. Um, I'm basically thinking of who is Chris Farley on our team. Uh, and not in terms of humor, just in terms of appearance. And so it's, it's not going to be a tackle who's all athletic and big. It's going to be a big, fat guard. And Doug Ligurski, you know, he's finally, like, getting into his own. He's doing real well. You know, he's kind of getting the high life. And what do you do when you get the high life? You go get high. So uh, my, my, my person is definitely going to be some big, fat off. Either that or it's going to be E.J. Manuel and we're all going <laughs> to lose our minds. Uh, I will say, and I said this last week at the bar, and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I love that Doug Vigursky doesn't wear gloves. I think that's one of the most badass things on our team. And he's short, by the way. He's only like, I don't think he's over six feet tall, or he's just barely over six feet. I'm not saying he's smoking crack, but that's definitely crack-ish. <laughs> uh, which is funny. I was actually going to choose Eric Wood. Uh, oh, no, my boy. Well, just because, first off, they kind of look alike. But... Eric Wood also strikes me as the kind of guy who would go ice fishing and drink 24 beers all by himself and be totally wasted and you would never know it. Like, have you guys ever known a dude like this? They tend to be like bigger guys who get really wasted but never really ever show it. That kind of – I can see Eric Wood being that guy partying really, really hard and just always – By himself or just – you know, again, he'd be the guy who rolls up to a party with a thirty rack all for himself and doesn't leave until it's empty. But I'm not going to give it to Eric Wood. Instead, I'm going to give it to Dan Carpenter because <laughs> oh my god, because if there's if there's one player on our team who looks the part, who by the way, Dan Carpenter is 28 years old. Did you know that? What? Oh my god. Yeah, I thought he was like 37. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I think he's only I. At least that's what it said on the Buffalo Bills website when I was on it today. The guy's only 28 years old. Um, he looks like Chris Rock did 10 years ago. Um, and, yeah, if, if there was ever to be... Chris Rock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone through a radical transformation. Crack-ass, crack-ass. <laughs> yeah. And you guys all know that I meant Kid Rock. <laughs> mayor. <laughs> yeah. Mayor Goldie Wilson. like the sound of that. Okay, well, that wraps up this week's uh, wild card portion. So let's get right into predictions. Bill, I'm starting with you. What do you got for Sunday's game? We got Bills 34, Falcons, my boy Matty Ryan, 27. Wow, 27 points. That's uh, that's a lot more than I think they're going to score. Cass, coming to you now. I'm going the Buffalo Bills, 22. The Atlanta Falcons are oh, 13. <laughs> wow. Was that a Falcon? I think it was. Uh, Suge, how about you? <laughs> I'm going Buffalo Bills, 17. Atlanta Falcons, 28. <laughs> 28. <laughs> Please don't eat no chips and salsa. Um, I don't. I don't – okay, we haven't really talked about strategy much, but uh, the Falcons have a terrible offensive line and no running game. So I don't see them scoring a touchdown against us until garbage time unless, they're, unless their defense does. You just cursed us. 
Like every every oh, they have no running game. They have no running game. Nothing from me, <laughs> yeah. man. So they're not going to score a touchdown until garbage time, or their defense and special teams will get one. So I'm going to say Falcons 16, and the Bills are going to score a defensive touchdown. We haven't scored a special teams touchdown this year, and EJ Manuel, CJ Spiller, and company are going to completely light up. Falcons 16, Buffalo Bills 46. You heard it here first. <laughs> Billsandbeers.com takes you right to our Facebook page. Hey, I predicted loss against the Jets. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, tell all your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and we'll be back next week. To talk about them, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But until then, go Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout.